Hello, everyone, and welcome to the April 16th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. The WCAB says that invited error waives irregularities in the PQME process. Here's what happened in the panel decision of Israel Granados versus Barrett Business Services. The employer argued that the work comp judge erred in finding that applicant sustained a psychiatric injury, claiming that the report from the PQME psychiatrist Sarah Watkin should not have been admitted into evidence. They claimed that the PQME was not properly obtained pursuant to the PQME process. None of the reports of the MPN physicians made any mention of a psychiatric injury or disability. Nonetheless, applicant's attorney wrote to defendant purportedly objecting to the findings, diagnosis, and or treatment recommendations made by applicants prior treating physicians. He sought defendant's agreement to using agreed medical evaluators in specialties of orthopedics, neurology, psychiatry, and internal medicine. The parties did not agree on an AME in psychiatry, and thus the applicant requested and was granted the assignment of a three-member panel in psychiatry. Defense counsel sent correspondence to applicant's counsel striking one of the names on the panel and did not object to anything. Defendant then sent the PQME a four-page letter setting forth the purported facts surrounding the applicant's injury and closing relevant medical records and requesting that Dr. Watkin address 14 separate issues without objecting to anything in that letter. After receipt of the report, finding psychiatric injury, defendant voiced their objection to the PQME process for the first time. The WCAB affirmed the award based upon the PQME report. They reasoned that although defendant is correct that Dr. Watkins' report was not properly obtained pursuant to Section 4062, and its argument would have won the day had it timely objected to proceeding with this Section 4062 process, the defendant fully participated in the selection of Dr. Watkin and waited until after it received Dr. Watkins' report to object to it. Accordingly, under the doctrine of invited error, defendant has waived any objection to the admissibility of Dr. Watkins' report. And now our fraud report. Los Angeles City firefighter Rafael Noodle Davis was arrested for allegedly filing false workers' compensation insurance claims. Prosecutors filed four felony counts of uh, insurance fraud against Davis. He's being held in lieu of $30,000 bail. If convicted as charged, he faces up to five years in county jail. Davis is a mixed martial arts fighter. As a fighter, Davis was also known as Noodle and had trained at Rain Training Center in Orange County. He began mixed martial arts competing in 2006, taking part in such martial arts competitions as the Cage of Fire, the Strength and Honor Championship, and the Belater Fighting Championship, and had a record of 12 wins and two losses. His most recent competition, which he won, was on March 24th in Geneva, Switzerland, according to Mitch Martial Arts Forum, Sherdog. Davis also complete, competed against other firefighters and law enforcement officials in events staged by a fighting club known as Badge Fights. In 2009 competition in Palm Springs designed to raise money for charity, Davis won his bout against Los Angeles police officer Philip Miller. 
However, Davis allegedly filed for workers' compensation insurance between December 2008 and May 2011. According to his Twitter account, he had most recently been working out with fighters Mark Munoz and Jake Ellenberger. He boasted of just running 2.5 miles in 16 minutes and 44 seconds last month. Felony workers' compensation insurance fraud charges have been filed against California Highway Patrol Officer Tony Yao. Yao graduated from the CHP Academy in December 2006 and was assigned to the Oakland area CHP office. In May 2008, he was transferred to the CHP headquarters office where he worked in an administrative capacity. Officer Yao allegedly filed a workers' comp insurance claim in 2011, stating that he had in injured his back during firearms trading at the CHP Academy. For the next several months, Yao told his treating physicians that the back injury was so severe he was unable to perform even limited duties, including office work. Yao's doctors recommended that he undergo back surgery as a result of the severity of his complaints. However, an investigation including several days of videotape surveillance found that he engaged in various physical activities in conflict with his claim of limitations. The investigation also revealed that Yao had not even used the training equipment he said caused the injury. He also failed to disclose back injuries he had previously received in a non-work-related motor vehicle accident. Yao has been placed on administrative leave pending completion of the investigation. And in regulatory news, citations and an amount of over $160,000 were issued by Cal OSHA after the fatality of two brothers working at a community recycling and resource recovery center. The two died due to inhalation of hydrogen sulfide gas while cleaning an underground storm drain system. Investigators said that there is a storm drain system below ground that carries water and debris to a catch basin on the property. The water is then used in the windrow composting process. There are approximately 14 points of entry into the drain system ranging from 3 to 10 feet deep. Three men were in the process of cleaning out the storm drain and were working in a 24-inch by 10-foot cement shaft. Employees had released the contents of a water truck into the shaft attempting to wash the buildup at the bottom of the shaft out into the catch basin but the water backed up and had had to be pumped out. One worker then attempted to use a high-powered hose to break up the mass at the bottom. In the process, he sat on the rim of the hole and braced his feet against the other side of the opening. Employees then picked up an extension ladder and put it into the hole to brace their feet. One of the workers complained that he was feeling sleepy and then apparently lost consciousness and fell down the ladder. Another worker attempted to go into the hole to rescue him. When first responders arrived, both employees were non-responsive. Gas readings of the shaft registered 200 parts per million, which is the maximum value the monitor could read. The California Workers' Compensation Institute has released the second edition of its Injury Scorecard Research Series. This edition provides detailed data on workers' compensation claims experience for cases in which the primary diagnosis was a spine disorder with spinal cord or root involvement. The new scorecard is based on an analysis of over 30,000 California job injury claims with a total payments of more than $2.1 billion. 
These spine disorder claims accounted for only 1.4% of California job injury claims, but 6.9% of all paid losses. The most common diagnosis for this injury category are thoracic or lumbrosacral nerve inflammation or nerve root inflammation, which compromise 36% of job-related spine disorders. These are followed in frequency by displaced discs at 19%, lumbar region disc disorders involving the spinal cord at 11%, and compression or irritation of the sciatic nerve at 10%. Together, these four diagnoses account for over 70% of the paid losses for this injury category. Spine disorder claims often involve complex issues and subjective factors, which combined with a high percentage of cumulative injuries can lead to uncertainties, delays, and disputes. The scorecard found that nearly eight out of 10 spine disorder claims result in lost time, which is more than twice the rate for all injuries. And, Two out of three spine disorder claimants receiving PD payments, which is quadruple the rate for all claims. Attorneys are involved in 80% of all spine disorder lost time claims statewide, compared to less than half of all indemnity claims in the state. The scorecard also features a profile of spine disorder claimants, plus claim distributions by industry sector, injured worker county of residence, and nature and cause of injury. The California Workers' Compensation Institute industry scorecards and summary bulletins are available to CWCI members and research subscribers who log in to their website at www.cwci.org. The next scorecard in these series will focus on head and spinal injuries without spinal cord involvement. The WCIRB re-elected James E. Little as chair of the governing committee at its meeting in San Francisco. Little is chairman and president and CEO of Pacific Comp. He was first elected to the committee in 2009 and took over its chairmanship in 2011. Little said that his goals as chair are to provide a perspective that comes from experience, to work with his colleagues on the committee to continuously look for ways to improve operations, to be responsive to the needs of the workers' compensation community, and to work closely with the commissioner in fulfilling mandated obligations as a rating organization. WCIRB's governing committee sets policy and oversees management of the Bureau's affairs, including the actions of the Bureau's other committees. Its 12 members, including seven private insurers, the State Compensation Insurance Fund, and four public members, two of whom represent insured employers and two representing labor organizations. Public members are appointed by the insurance commissioner. Pacific Compensation Insurance Company is a specialty writer of workers' compensation insurance. Pacific Comp is a wholly owned subsidiary of Allegheny Corporation. And in financial news, the WCIRB submitted a pure premium rate filing to the California Department of Insurance recommending an increase in advisory pure premium rates effective July 1st. The advisory pure premium rates proposed for the, uh, uh, for, proposed for the 494 standard classifications currently in effect averaged $2.51, which is 4.1% more than the corresponding industry average of, as of January 1. 
The advisory pure premium rates contained in the filing represent the anticipated cost of losses and lost adjustment expenses expected to be incurred on policies incepting on and after July 1, 2012. Insurers may and often do file and use rates other than the advisory pure premium rates proposed by the WCIRB or the advisory pure premium rates approved by the insurance commissioner. The proposed change in advisory pure premium rates is the result of continued adverse loss development on recent accident years as paid indemnity and paid medical loss development continues to deteriorate. Other factors contributing to the indicated increase include the continued growth in allocated loss adjustment expense per claim, which the WCIRB believes is largely the result of an increased volume of liens and increases in litigation related to permanent disability claims. Increased levels of indemnity claim frequency on the 2010 and 2011 accident year that is in part attributable to an increase in cumulative injury claims and the sluggish pace of California's economic recovery and the reductions in the economic forecasts of future wage inflation for 2012 and 2013 which place upward pressure on advisory pure premium rates. The filing and all related information may be viewed, printed, and downloaded from the regulatory filing section of the WCIRB website. The California Department of Insurance will conduct now a public hearing on the filing. Once the date, time, and location of the hearing is set, the WCIRB will add that information to its website and issue a WCIRB wire alert. And in other news, a new report says that the Federal Workers' Compensation Claims Department is out of control. According to the Homeland Security Department's Inspector General, the Customs and Border Protection Agency racked up more than $62 million in workers' compensation payments in 2010 due partly to inadequate oversight. Their poor management of compensation case files incomplete reviews of bills and Labor Department reports and missing documentation from claims call into question the accuracy of millions of dollars in work comp claims during the past five years. Officials attribute these deficiencies to the CBP's organizational structure, which may not be suited to effectively manage the number of Federal Employees Compensation Act cases and to the lack of policies and procedures that would ensure effective case management. The Federal Employees' Compensation Act provides compensation for wage loss and medical care for those injured or killed on the job. It covers 2.7 million federal employees and postal workers and paid out $1.9 billion in wage loss compensation, impairment, and death benefits. And 800 and $98 million in medical and rehabilitation services and supplies during the 2010 chargeback year. The Inspector General cited specific cases in which CBP failed to properly oversee its workers' comp program at taxpayers' expense. For example, there were 110 instances in which the claimant's Social Security numbers did not match the CBP records. In addition, one claimant received workers' compensation totaling over $45,000 over two years after the employee returned to work. 
In its response to the Inspector General report, the agency said it is moving completely to a web-based system by 2014 and has filed claims electronically in its e-comp system since 2009. CBP officials agreed with all the Inspector General's recommendations for improving oversight of the workers' comp program. Many federal agencies have struggled with effectively managing the federal work comp program. Earlier this year, the Government Accountability Office released a report concluding that the program remains vulnerable to fraud, mostly due to limited access to data. San Jose-based EK Health Services, a national workers' compensation managed care firm, has promoted Dr. Douglas Benner to chief medical officer. As CMO, Benner is responsible for leading the operational management of EK Health's physician services and medical staff administration. Dr. Richard Thompson, who has been the CMO at EK Health for eight years, will now focus on the next step medical advisory program at its as its medical director. Benner joined EK Health in June 2011 as medical products business development officer. He came from Kaiser Permanente, where he was the founding medical director of Kaiser's Kaiser on the Job and its healthcare organization. EK Health Services provides workers' compensation case management, utilization and peer review, and Medicare set-aside services to insurance companies, employers, for-profit, and public entities. And with that, that's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcast and special reports using your iPhone, your iPad, or your iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Please drop by again next week for more news.